0: Oh, my goodness. So, uh, yeah. So we'll be talking about this. In, uh, I almost said Ninja Turtles book. This
1: <laughs> oh, no. I read a- the wrong thing.
0: <laughs> you, you mean you didn't read the uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in uh, Attack of the Pizza Monster?
1: Not lately, but I can riff on April for a while if you need.
0: <laughs> no, not today. That sounds like a great podcast, though. <laughs> i'm regretting not starting that ninja turtles podcast
1: oh no no more podcasts it was,
0: it was, it was as i've said before it was down to uh, it was down to this uh ninja turtles podcast or uh oh there was a third idea that i'm sure was brilliant but i <laughs> fortunately let slide
1: yeah, I was definitely going to do a Fear Street podcast, and that hasn't come to fruition yet or ever.
0: I've all, I keep saying, like, if I do another podcast ever again, it's not going to be literary. It's not going to be book-based.
1: Yeah, reading's for ninnies. It
0: takes so much time. Well, what's funny is, like, I read these Berenstain Bears books. They take If I'm sitting and just reading, it takes about 30 minutes or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for some reason, it's easier for me to sit down and watch a movie, which takes far longer uh, than making just... myself read a book.
1: I just watch YouTube makeup tutorials. I have not. I have no exposure <laughs> to any other media. Oh, <laughs> well, I listen to my own podcast. So.
0: Oh, do you? I, I was just discussing uh, with Alana. I was, she, you know, she was like, "Don't, don't you go back and listen to your own show?" And I was like, "Oh God, never, never. <laughs> I have never listened to this after I've done editing it. I could never stand to do that."
1: Well, I would wager the difference between you and me is that I'm a narcissist. So.
0: Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. That explains so much. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Thank you. <laughs>
0: Welcome back to Deep in Bear Country, a Berenstain Bearcast. I'm your host, Phil Gonzalez, and this week we've got some craziness up in here. For once... In a long, long while, the title of the book actually describes what goes on within the pages of the book. No longer are we dealing with ghosts that are promised and not delivered upon. No longer are we dealing with terrible termites that end up being just fine termites. No longer are we promised haunted graveyards that end up simply being the scenes of various crimes. Instead, we are reading... The big chapter book, The Berenstain Bears, and Queenie's crazy crush, and not only does it directly involve Queenie, she does have a crush, and it does turn out to be (laughs) rather crazy. Now, since I am not the kind of person who knows a whole lot about the ins and outs of literary romance of any kind I have brought in someone who knows a little bit more about the ins and outs of romance ladies and gentlemen please welcome to the show the host of falling in love montage podcast Helen Lestar hello Helen hello there so going in I assume you knew this was going to be some kind of a romance book I,
1: I had a plan and uh, <laughs> <laughs> and pretty much the book followed every step of my plan. So yeah, I had an idea
0: because the book is called Queenie's Crazy Crush. I was assuming it was going to end up being about Trudy Brunowitz and a diamond heist, like because that's kind of the the way these books have been going.
1: Oh yeah, I was expecting like finally to have some real ghosts and <laughs> just...
0: like, oh, this is the one with the ghosts. Yeah, <laughs> she falls in love with a dead man.
1: Oh. Uh, Haven't we all once or twice or six times, though?
0: She may as well have fallen in love with a dead man for as uh, as far as it gets her in this book. But before we start going into the the plot itself, Helen, do you have any kind of history with these bears in this particular bear country?
1: Uh, I have. I've visited bear country from time to time. When I was a child, I did read some of the more beginner books i actually don't think i even realized how many of them i had read until I until i started listening to this podcast
0: and they started like ringing some bells
1: yeah for sure i had home sweet tree almost memorized and that book is not oh, wow. really
0: anything to write home about well, well yeah that's a that's a pretty uh, that's a pretty deep cut too
1: i uh, i now have a young son and he loves the berenstain bears um, he's a big fan of the, the old, old ones when brother is called small bear and papa bear oh, yeah. is just making an idiot of himself. He loves those. <laughs> yeah. He likes papa bear falling over and, you know, getting caught in the rain and
0: screwing <laughs> things up. Yeah. So uh, those are, uh, those are good for little kids. Like that's, uh, that's classic mm-hmm. comedy right there.
1: Oh yeah. I haven't really revisited them aside from what I've read to my son. So, and I had never read any of the chapter books before. So this was... This was a fresh and exciting experience for me.
0: And a legit chapter book. And that deals with uh, a little more serious issues than Papa not being able to access honey or Papa not being able to teach small bear how to swim.
1: Papa Bear isn't even in this book, as I recall.
0: Papa Bear and Mama Bear don't make a huge appearance in this book, uh, but a lot of other bears do, uh, particularly uh, Queenie and her uh, immediate social circles. So, Helen, why don't you tell the audience a little bit about what happens in Queenie's Crazy Crush, and we'll see if we can uh, pick this story apart.
1: The inciting incident, I suppose, of this story is that the art bear, art teacher, bear, bear art teacher, uh-huh. Mrs. Pallet, uh, is retiring after- We've never
0: met Mrs. Pallet before, by the and, way. And this is a totally she says new hello
1: bear. and goodbye. She's-
0: and she and she must be ancient.
1: Yeah, because she taught Papa Bear. She taught, you know, all those Civil War bears. (laughs) She taught everybody. (laughs) So Mrs. Pallet retires uh, and is replaced. Wait, this is scandalous. Are you ready? By a non-female bear teacher.
0: And not only a non-female bear teacher, but apparently a pretty good-looking non-female bear teacher.
1: I mean, I've seen him. And, uh, I mean, well, I'll save my my opinions on that for a moment but so <laughs> the new teacher is an up and coming artist named Mr. Smock. Yeah. Like, what a coincidence. What a great name cuz he he's an art teacher anywhere. We, we lost we lost
0: Palette. We got Mr. Smock.
1: What are the odds? <laughs> uh, and he if you could okay, try to picture an artist wearing a beret. I know it's hard. But Mr. Smock is an artist who wears a beret, a purple beret. He has a little wispy mustache. Um.
0: (laughs) He looks like his facial hair. He looks like uh, uh, Kenneth Branagh in Kenneth Branagh's Hamlet. He He has He has the mustache. He has the the complete facial hair of Ken Branagh's Hamlet. I kept like... Trying to, And this book came out after that, so I'm wondering if there was some influence.
1: Oh, I'm sure, yes. They pull a lot from all sorts of Shakespeare adaptations. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, now I sort of get the attraction all of a sudden. Hmm. But we, <laughs> we are told that Mr. Smock is just, oh, the living end. That's the handsomest, mm-hmm. youngest bear who's ever waltzed into that school. And all of the girls immediately have a crush on him. And, and Queenie voices this crush like... <laughs> in the in the crowd when he's first being introduced, as you introduce your teachers to an entire auditorium full of students,
0: a teacher arriving at Bear Country School is apparently some sort of traumatic event. So they always have to have these huge assemblies to like yeah. prepare the children for the the arrival of this new adult. So Queenie is very, like you said, very vocal about about her feelings about this bear, and Too Tall is not too happy about that.
1: But. Oh, a mere chapter later, he seems to have completely forgotten about it. So I guess it wasn't that big a deal in the moment. I did take a, a, a screenshot of the of the picture of, of Queenie turning around and saying, I think he looks kind of cute because it was like the most it me I ever expected to feel <laughs> reading this book. And and, and 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 my similarities to Queenie McBear dissolve as the story goes on. But maybe maybe Queenie is my id. She's like the instinctual part of me. <laughs> who makes terrible mistakes based upon wispy mustachioed bears. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we also get a we also get a strange peek inside the head of Too Tall at this moment.
1: I really enjoyed this, actually, because I've always enjoyed the character of Too Tall.
0: Yeah, this book is very much, even though it's called Queenie's Crazy Crush, it's very much about Too Tall and the way he handles this whole, like, incident.
1: He doesn't take kindly to the idea of his on-again-off-again girlfriend finding someone attractive. This is kind of a controlling relationship, Queenie. You're better off with... With a soft purple attired
0: <laughs> so- person. Soft, soft purple art bear.
1: Yeah. Purple, the color of royalty and prince. <laughs> you could do worse. He's too old, but you could do worse.
0: What I love is that Mr. Smock uh, sets the class up with their first like in-class project. He gives them all easels, gives them all paint, and is just like, go to town.
1: Oh, yes. And Queenie's version of going to town is to do a very artful depiction of a love heart... With Q plus S in the heart. And Mr. Smock is very thoughtful about saying something nice about everyone's piece. But pretty much all he says about Queenie's is, oh, looks like Queenie likes a cub whose name starts with S. And that's what gets Too Tall really angry.
0: Yeah, she's basically designed tattoo art. Yes. It's just a heart. It's just a heart with an arrow. Uh, like, you, like, like should say mom in the middle.
1: Yeah. Or you could maybe get it airbrushed on a t-shirt at Panama City.
0: Right. But,
1: but yeah, it's. You know, it's it's evocative. I could tell what she was feeling and it's really absurd that that Tootal had no idea what she was talking about. When <laughs> when mere pages beforehand she said, "I like Smock whose name starts with S. I think he's cute."
0: Well, Too Tootal freaks out and is like, "I'm going to I'm going to find whoever this S is and like give him what for." And so the first person he turns to is a member of his own gang.
1: Oh yeah, poor skies.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Our uh, for those of you in the audience who cannot see this, Scuzz is our hoopy cap wearing member of Tootal's Tall's gang.
1: <laughs> He's very intelligent, just as <laughs> all of the members of the gang are.
0: He he becomes the focus of Tootal's Tall's ire for a for a for a hot minute. Uh, yeah, actually, for an entire uh, chapter, basically for an
1: entire chapter until <laughs> until Scuzz wisely says, "Oh, you know who who else's name starts with S? Our best buddy Smirk." Right. Um, <laughs> And then they say snake in the grass about 70 times and, uh, and find Smirk actually hiding in the grass, much as a snake might do.
0: Yeah, the chapter is called a snake in the grass. And then Tutal calls him a snake in the grass. And then he has to define snake in the grass. Yeah. And then they refer to other people as a snake in the grass. <laughs> it's like if you learn nothing else from this book, you're going to learn what a snake in the grass is.
1: <laughs> we're getting idioms. We're seeing art. This is a really rich experience. It's complex.
0: This is a complex story.
1: Love is complex. (laughs) Isn't it? Well, maybe not so much in this book, but yeah, probably. (laughs) I'm not an expert on the matter.
0: Considering what these cubs have been through in the last few books, like, I'd say that their love lives are fairly complicated.
1: That's true. Yeah, other all their Facebook profiles just have the it's complicated status.
0: Right. (laughs) Well, none of the cubs are actually boyfriend-girlfriend. They're all on again, off again. Are they or aren't they? We're kind of just friends, but we still hold hands. Like, they all have these, like, very undefined uh, positions in each other's lives.
1: Well, Ferdy and Trudy, they're kind of defined, right?
0: Kind of, but then a a couple of books ago, it even said that they are mostly just friends. Even though in this book, it does say boyfriend and girlfriend, so I don't know.
1: (laughs) Well, all I need to know is if Ferdy's available or not, because... No, I don't need to know that. Please, Ferdy, (laughs) stay away.
0: He's found his uh he's found his his match. He's found his perfect <laughs> as as the chipmunks and chipettes each found their equivalent, so did Ferdy find his Trudy. So uh they just de- they determined that uh that maybe the S is a a secret focus of of maybe S doesn't even know that they are Queenie's crazy crush.
1: That's logical, yeah.
0: And uh the only way to find out is by getting a spy on the inside.
1: Oh yeah, so they go to <laughs> bermuda who mm-hmm. i've not personally met before but who has excellent style
0: okay so bermuda uh was <laughs> a, a, introduced just a couple of books ago mm-hmm. in the berenstain bears and the bermuda triangle oh uh, yeah she's the uh she's kind of the user like she seduces <laughs> she she seduces boys to do her bidding so she seduced Mm -hmm. brother to get her into the supply closet so that she could get the password to the school's computers to give to cool carl king so that he could hack into the school's uh grade system (laughs) because he's also a master hacker obviously (laughs) obviously look at him
1: all of these bears wear many many hats with the exception of mr smock who has just the beret
0: cool carl king he is cool he's smart He's sneaky, and he's smart enough not to cross Too Tall in a physical way.
1: No, and they reference that in the book as well. Too Tall's pretty threatening. I guess that's the whole point.
0: Yeah, he's been held back twice. He's going through puberty.
1: He's he's straight up Too Tall, that Too Tall.
0: Yeah, he's enormous. They should have just called him Enormous Bear.
1: That really rolls off the tongue.
0: Yeah, it does. (laughs) So things get even more complicated when we find out when Bermuda finds out what's been going on with Queenie and her crazy crush.
1: Once Too Tall understands the the depth of the craziness of the crush, he he has to formulate a plan.
0: Right. Well, first Bermuda takes the news to Ferdy and Trudy.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: Who she's not friends with, but I guess because they're like the smartest cubs in the school, like they would know what to do.
1: Yeah, and and, and Ferdy... Ferdy says, "Oh, it's no problem. It's a grown-up. There's no way he'll be interested in her. Just tell him it's fine." Yeah. Um, so, so Bermuda tells too Tall in maybe uh, a fashion that is a little bit too honest. She says, "Well, of course she likes Mister Smock. She likes art, and and Mister Smock is is handsome and good at art. And you know, you're sort of a brute and not good at things like that." So.
0: Well, I like how she draws the line between. A- <laughs> There's a stud and a wimp. And, and she's like, yeah, you're a stud because you're like strapping and you're strong. But Mr. Smock's a stud because he's so good at art. And that makes you a wimp. You're an art wimp. Yeah. And I was like, well, that's kind of an interesting thing to say in a kid's book. like Sort of drawing that line, like saying, like you know what? There's many different ways to be attractive. Exactly. Yeah, like it's not just about like being the strongest and being the the toughest like uh, you can people can find all sorts of qualities about another person uh attractive and studly i guess is the <laughs> the term i'm looking for
1: <laughs> studly and wimply and, yes <laughs> uh, i think bermuda has access to all the different kinds of attraction you could feel and so she's good at explaining this to too tall um, she
0: wears lipstick, seashell necklaces, and headbands. She knows what's up.
1: Too Tall sort of isolates himself after this news, though. He doesn't beat anybody up. It's very out of character. And he, he, he his first plan is to paint a picture, to, to be an art stud to win Queenie's affection back. He does a still life with oranges and a cut glass vase.
0: It's difficult to paint a cut glass vase. That's a tough object.
1: So I've heard in this book. Oranges are also difficult to paint when you don't have orange paints and you don't know how to mix your primary colors to make your secondary colors, as it turns out.
0: Well, now, I read this book out loud to my uh, seven-year-old and (laughs) we got to this part and, you because everyone thinks he painted plums. Right. Plums, yeah. And he's like, no, he's like, well, these are plums, right? And he's like, they're supposed to be oranges because, as you said, he didn't know how to mix colors to make orange. And my seven-year-old was like, why didn't he just say yes? They're plums.
1: <laughs> that was my like,
0: thought. <laughs> like you just say yeah, they're plums, and because that's what they look like. Like no one's gonna call you out on
1: it. Yeah, it's not like Tootal has shown himself to be honest to a fault in the past, so
0: maybe he's artistically honest though.
1: Maybe maybe they're they're impressionist oranges. They're. <laughs> I, I I I greatly appreciated his piece. I think Mr. Smock appreciated the piece, but Tootal was not happy with the reception. Queenie made fun of him. Um, I feel for Too in this moment. It's a strange place to find yourself in. And so he goes off alone again.
0: For days. He's gone for several yeah. days. <laughs> like, what I love about this is all of a sudden Too has gone from being this, like, sort of brutish, weird, <laughs> borderline school bully to mm-hmm. all of a sudden he's, like, this, like... Uh, Jackson Pollock-esque, mad, artistic, like, obsessive who locks himself away for days on end without contact just to finish, like, a work of art.
1: It's pretty wonderful. He goes from from brutish to brooding in, like, two pages flat. And I'm really along for the ride. Um, Mm -hmm. But, I mean, he comes back around to his, his too tall self. Soon enough.
0: Well, yeah, because he shuts himself away for days. Not, however, to fix his painting of plums or oranges. Instead, it has to do with a beautiful portrait of George Grisington.
1: So, so Tuttle's new plan is, I guess, on its face to to make Mister Smock look bad, since he failed at making himself look good. He really needs to make Smock look like a weenie. So Queenie, I didn't intend that rhyme, but so Queenie (laughs) no longer finds him to be the art stud that he so obviously is, if you'll just gaze upon his fine visage in this book. But it can't be just any prank, and it can't be something he's done before. But we know from the, the massive assembly that Mr. Smock has been working on his masterpiece and is going to be unveiled shortly. All the press have been called and and bear country is abuzz with news of this thing. So, Tutal's updated plan, which also enables him to paint, is to steal the canvas, the, the <laughs> portrait of George Grisington, the masterpiece, and replace it with... <laughs> His own original artwork on a canvas of the same size—foolproof, <laughs> really, if you think about it.
0: Well, it sounds like Tuttle probably had a great plan, and that his plan probably involved him painting—I don't know, maybe an even better portrait uh, than uh, than Mr. Smot could have painted.
1: Oh, of course, his heart's in the right place.
0: <laughs> so, what did he end up? What did he end up uh, uh, sneaking into this easel?
1: It's um, a not very flattering portrait. Of Queenie and you know it's Queenie because despite it looking like sort of lumpy biscuit headed, it says queenie in queenie. big block letters on it.
0: <laughs> now my question for you my question for you is did this picture take too tall three days to paint?
1: <laughs> I I think I think when you're painting the object of your affection, you can't take too much time. I think he could have spent months on this thing, but he had a deadline because, because the unveiling was happening.
0: <laughs> well, the unveiling backfires on him because he accidentally leaves his mother's apron on the on the on the canvas, covering it. And so Queenie immediately realizes that it was like it could have been anyone else. She realizes that Tootall right. was the one who replaced this painting. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I'd rec- I'd recognize your mother's apron anywhere, Too Tall. You did this.
0: As opposed to, like, you're the only one who has motivation to do this, Too Tall.
1: <laughs> exactly. There's not a lot of people following simple, everyday logic here, and that's okay. We wouldn't have a story if they were.
0: Right, and plus, it's, you know, fifth graders or whatever.
1: Right. Oh, that makes me so upset, <laughs> given the S- thing that's about to happen.
0: Speaking of... <laughs> Ugh. tell us about this wonderful thing that's about to happen oh, the probably no. if not the most one of the most uncomfortable chapters in a berenstain bears chapter book
1: yeah wow wow so mr smock uh has been delighted to receive and accept an invitation for dinner from the mcbear family uh, because he has, he's new in town. He's been eating only peanut butter and honey sandwiches for every meal for days and days. You can
0: imagine his breath.
1: Uh, I, I have. I've spent a lot of time. <laughs> um, and he's been promised. He's been promised honey baked salmon, and his his artistic little thoughtful mouth is just watering at the idea of it. So he's he's so excited to go to this family dinner. This ostensibly family dinner that he's been invited to. What mm-hmm. he doesn't know, and we don't initially know until it's elucidated for us, is that it's Queenie's invitation alone. Her parents are away from the house. Bermuda is uh, in some sort of couch coma in another room.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: she has asked Mr. Smock on a date that he has unwittingly accepted.
0: Now, this sounds delightful. Right. <laughs> This First of all, back up a sec. Let's not forget to point out that Bermuda is watching two of her favorite shows, <laughs> Brainless uh-huh. and Sabrina the Teenage Bear.
1: Yep.
0: I can only assume that Brainless is supposed to be Clueless.
1: Oh, that makes
0: sense. And that's... Well, obviously, we know it's... A... Okay, explain the logic of Sabrina the Teenage Bear. <laughs> <laughs> because... The original name, Sabrina the Teenage, the Witch part of Sabrina the Teenage Witch <laughs> is the unusual unusual part of her personality. Like otherwise it's based on a show called Sabrina the Teenage Girl. Right. Right.
1: I presume I presume it's a, a television remake of the classic film Sabrina, oh. <laughs> but aged down to a teenager. And, and, and named that way to catch the teenage witch market who are likely to be lured in by that flashy title.
0: I'm going to go with that theory. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, the whole Sabrina the Teenage Witch parallel falls apart at the fourth word of the title. Right. Let's get back to this delightful date.
1: Oh, dear me. So, Mr. Smock arrives at the door with flowers.
0: Right, for the centerpiece, you, as you would give as a, you're a guest arriving at a house.
1: Right, sure. This, oh, this whole thing just makes me feel so ill. So, <laughs> he works out pretty quickly what's going on. Um, and he is the last person in all of Bear Country to realize that he is S. Yes. <laughs> He's the elusive S uh, to Queenie's Q.
0: All the pieces, like, kind of fall into place.
1: <laughs> yeah, Mr. Smock, she gave you all the clues yep
0: <laughs> now what's for me the creepiest part of this whole chapter is when queenie burns the salmon right and because she's trying to cook for him and she's like hey i know let's go to the burger bear for dinner it had just occurred to her that that was a way for the other cubs to see her on a date with mr smock oh, what know. an impression that would make
1: uh it's upsetting and there are these illustrations of her, like, bedroom eyes as he walks in. Yep. Oh, I,
0: I, mm <laughs> Mm-hmm. And now what's funny is in the Berenstain Bears in the School Scandal Sheet, Queenie McBear was the gossip columnist. Right. And she wrote a gossip column about a teacher dating one of the students. She wrote that Teacher Bob was seen dating a student, uh and got in a lot of trouble because he was actually taking his like niece out to dinner i remember that so it seems somewhat hypocritical on queenie's part
1: yeah queenie gossip columnists and glass houses and all that like
0: yeah like she should know that this is a, a a dire situation for a teacher to be in at this point
1: i don't know she just sees him as, as just another boy oh but mr smock handles it i think as well as he can you got to respect a guy who really just wanted some honey baked salmon and then stepped into this well bear trap.
0: <laughs> a literal nightmare for a teacher. Like he, he the look on his face in the last picture of this chapter is the look of a man who's like I I am literally like like a one inch away from like losing my job and like being hauled out of bear country. If I don't like get out of this house right now, because this is bad news all around. Bad news bears. These are all bad news bears. (laughs) Well, easel come easel go as they say.
1: (laughs) Oh no. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. That's the next chapter. Um. So yeah, Queenie gets in trouble with her parents, especially when they see how messed up the kitchen is. It's all a problem, all of it.
0: <laughs> yeah, they're leaning towards grounding her for a week. So this is kind of where it all comes, like barreling towards the end. Uh, you've got mm-hmm. two tall returns the painting with a with a very heartfelt note.
1: Yes, and he's taken excellent care of the painting to ensure that nothing's happened to it. He's wrapped it in another of his mother's aprons. Um, yep. And made a and made a note that he needs to buy her some more aprons because she's almost out.
0: And Mr. Smock starts putting two and two together that Too Tall isn't just a like a, a jealous cub, he also has a keen interest in art, considering how well he took care of this painting.
1: There are so many little bows that need to be wrapped up at the end of this book because the the school needs to decide what Tootal's punishment is going to be. This was a very serious offense, and Tootal's asked Mr. Smock to 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 be there for the judgment and to speak on his behalf.
0: Even though apparently he didn't need to have worried about that, because the school's not going to do anything to lose their like star athlete. No. Like it becomes very clear that Coach Grismeyer is going to insist this boy stay in school so that he can play football.
1: Yeah, like the the one big difference between Mr. Smock being there and not being there is that maybe he would have missed a game. Yeah. But instead, he's suspended for a week, and then he has to work on a painting. That's his his quote-unquote punishment.
0: He knows that Queenie is is back sort of together with him because she's openly flirting with other bears. And he knows that if she's flirting in front of him, that she's just trying to make him jealous, which means that she's kind of his girlfriend again.
1: Yeah, I really loved that moment actually where she starts yeah. you can tell she's 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 over Mr. Smock. It turns out her crushes on grown ups last as long as her crushes on Cubs. They they see her flirting with with cool Carl.
0: He's so taken with her that he's bent over at the waist staring at her.
1: Yeah, and Bermuda is not happy at all. She's there in her like Betty Rubble outfit, just looking real angry.
0: <laughs> she's looking more but, and more like a bedraggled Bet Midler as the as the book goes is. on.
1: But Vinny is talking to Tootal about this, We're like, ain't that rotten what she's doing right in front of you? And Tootal says She's not making me jealous now. She's trying to make me jealous like she used to. It's her way of making up with me. And then Scuzz says, congratulations. And my heart grew three sizes that day.
0: And this is a healthy relationship if I've seen one. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> oh, man.
0: So in any case, Honey Baked Salmon.
1: Oh, man. The, the denouement. At last, Honey Baked Salmon. My favorite mm-hmm. chapter title I've ever read. At last, honey-baked salmon.
0: <laughs> Too tall gets out of all the trouble because he's showing an interest in painting, and uh, Mr. Smock gets to eat some salmon.
1: That's it. Yep. Courtesy of the Grizzly family. Doesn't even have to deal with those troubling McBears.
0: Yeah, I don't know if he's going to go back to the McBears anytime soon anyway.
1: No, I wouldn't. I... <laughs> oh if these walls could talk yeah
0: yeah
1: ooh, ooh. <laughs> don't want to hear what they have to say
0: I do think it's funny that the uh, the other sk- the team they're going up against in football is the Beartown bullies <laughs> that's such a horrific name to <laughs> to give your your school sports team?
1: <laughs> yeah, what's your mascot? Bullies.
0: The bully. It's what everyone's afraid of. Um and that's it. That is that's literally how it ends. Uh, uh all all Mr. Smock cared about at the end of the day was not eating peanut butter sandwiches for dinner.
1: Yeah, salmon and art. That's his life.
0: Isn't that true though? Like at the end of the day, what is, isn't that all an artist really cares about is painting, uh, their art and where their next meal is coming from? Yeah. Smock's clothes are like perpetually filthy like he's mm-hmm. he he can barely take care of himself. like I think all of his effort is put into Berets and mustache wax
1: and George Grisington
0: he's been working on that George Grisington painting for weeks now.
1: yeah, he's got like a he's got like a full 16 by twenty four size canvas, and he's filling it up. I tell you what. <laughs>
0: i'm not gonna rest until i painted a painting
1: yeah this is no legal sized canvas this is a 16 by 24
0: (laughs) he'd he'd worked his way up he'd gone from letter size to legal size to tabloid size and now he's up to full canvas (laughs) yeah that's how art works
1: yeah, I'm sure next he's going to do one of those tri foam boards for science fairs. <laughs> I'd love to see his triptych on that.
0: But that's the Berenstain Bears and Queenie's crazy crush. Yeah. So coming at this from a, let's say, like a romantic comedy perspective, like, oh, a, yeah. uh, like a, a traditional romance story, like how does it fit in? Like, how does it hold up?
1: Well, it really does follow a lot of the tropes. Yeah, I think we have to look at it with Too Tall and Queenie as the romantic leads. Otherwise, it's just far too upsetting. (laughs) Uh Um, But it does follow a pretty traditional rom-com arc where if you figure Mr. Smock as an additional romantic lead, you have, oh, a meet-cute of a sort, you have uh, a a misunderstanding, you have a love triangle... Um, you have an almost coming together and then and then a separation mm-hmm. a very very necessary separation in this case <laughs> and then by the end the two who are supposed to be together on and off again forever after are are back together again and um i think i think the the hallmark of the genre that that too tall really brings into play is the grand gesture that mm. Uh, his painting that picture is his way of telling Queenie that he loves her it's his his oh, what we call in my podcast the uncomfortably sincere declaration of love it's a trope and he fulfills it here and uh, I'm just <laughs> I, I, I couldn't be prouder of too tall as a romantic hero in this in this book
0: <laughs> oh yeah
1: yeah he never ceases to surprise me
0: <laughs> Well he even gets the uh he even gets the moment uh, where the, our hero is at his lowest.
1: Absolutely. Like, we see
0: him in Brother's thinking spot. Like, he's just, he's hitting rock bottom. Uh, And to me, that's a very traditional, like, for your male hero.
1: Oh, yeah. You definitely would have sad music playing. You might have a montage of various thinking spots he was sitting in. (laughs) Different positions his head was in his hands in. Yeah, because I think Too is kind of the protagonist of this story which is not uncommon for rom-coms, but very frequently you'll have a female protagonist. But yeah, this really hits a lot of the beats. And uh, I, I honestly was so surprised that the content of the story matched the title that I
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> I was almost ill-prepared for how prepared I was to talk about it.
0: I was also, uh, I was really surprised at like how, how I mean, I, I guess I'm getting used to it with the books is they always have these, they've been having these remarkably like complex takes on young romance and mm-hmm. how it's not usually like A to B to C. There's a lot of weird feelings and a lot of like weird compromises and uh, just like an unsureness when it comes to like the way you feel when you're a kid about other cub cov- or other kids. Yeah. Uh, and this book was no exception.
1: Yeah, it, it really it nails the weirdness of all of that, that like uncomfortable sort of gooiness of the feeling of a crush it nails yeah. it. Yeah, it and it and it and it, it stinks of burned honey baked salmon.
0: And it does seem like the kind of plot that would have been in like a '90s teen drama.
1: Oh, for sure. I know Dawson's Creek definitely had some teacher student, well, a probably actual philandering, but I won't get into that. Oh. <laughs> the family show.
0: I, I would say, it, it, in my opinion, it, it ranks up there with uh, some of the nuttier, but also better written of the uh, Berenstain Bear chapter books. It's just a great preteen melodrama uh, in the bear in the bear universe.
1: It was a a real page That's What's I call it?
0: I really wish that like the Berenstains had just done a complete romance like spin off, like just focus on the romance like have like your harlequin-esque books have a line of just the, the 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 scary mysteries oh yeah and we would have been set
1: i would have been i'd be very into that i would have a competing podcast for you <laughs> sorry <laughs>
0: <laughs> i would be all for it well, Helen, speaking of competing podcasts, oh, tell us a little bit about yours.
1: Why, that was an excellent segue, Phil. Thank you. I co-host a little podcast with my sister, Valerie. It's called Falling in Love Montage. Uh, it's bi-weekly, and on our podcast, we discuss chick flicks, um, mm-hmm. largely rom-coms, and um, maybe I'll, I'll name drop this book because it's so, <laughs> it fits so well into the canon. Um, yeah, but no, it's sort of a, a feminist look at chick flicks, and it is. Hopefully, we're funny and we say a lot of swears, and uh, you can find us on <laughs> iTunes and at FallingInLoveMontage.com dot com or uh, at our network mainstay ComradeRadio.com.
0: Awesome, yeah, it's a it is it is a delightful podcast. I really enjoy hearing it. Uh, you cover a lot of movies that I'm I'm particularly interested in. And always wonderful to hear. Always wonderful to hear popular movies addressed from a from a position of not we're just making fun of these movies, but we're really like trying to take a different angle on on our approach to stuff like this.
1: And I mean, some of the movies we cover are terrible. It just goes oh, with the course. territory. But some of them we have just affection so genuine we, we spend four hours talking about it and then have to cut it down way too much <laughs> <laughs> to release as a podcast episode.
0: Oh, uh, well, speaking of podcast, I think I have used the term speaking of about a hundred times tonight. <laughs>
1: We've been speaking of many things.
0: It's we haven't speaking of many things. We've been speaking of cubs and crushes, salmon and paintings, George Grizzington and uh, aprons, whoopee caps <laughs> and uh, thinking <laughs> spots. Like this. This has been a, this has been a crazy episode. Yep. Well, I have two other podcasts that I do. I do uh, Click It Cast, a Beverly Cleary podcast with uh, John McCoy. That's over on the Incomparable Network, and you can find that if you just search Click It Cast. And I also do uh, It's Del Toro Time, a Guillermo del Toro podcast with my teenager, Ollie, where we took a look at the work of Guillermo del Toro, and now we're working through a list of his major influences from the 1920s. uh, I think now we are in the mid-40s looking at the movies that influenced him as a filmmaker so if you want to find those you can just do a search we're on iTunes you know wherever you find podcasts Uh, you can find this show at Bearcast at wordpress.wordpress.com you can write to me at Bearcast at gmail.com like and subscribe Uh, find me on patreon patreon.com forward slash deep in bear country if you want to support the show a little bit financially I'd appreciate that and uh, Helen thank you for being on this show
1: Thank you so much for having me. It was a joy.
0: It really was. I'm glad we were able to push through any technical issues we had.
1: <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about.
0: Yeah, amazing the wonder of editing. <laughs> I say now, assuming I will do a good job editing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's a too tall order, my friend.
0: <laughs> wah, 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 wah. I'm sorry. <laughs> and for everyone else listening out there, I will see you all next time. Deep in bear country.